Spitcast. The future of video production. Quiet on the set. And action. Hi, I'm Michael London, and welcome to Spitcast, the future of collaborative video production, brought to you by spitvid.com. On this episode, we're visiting with Kay French, an independent rap artist from Toronto, who has some insight into the changing face of the music business vis-a-vis the internet. And we'll also visit with Jason Seifert, owner of JMS Technical Solutions of Orange County, California. Now, Jason will share with us some great technical information, but not too techy for the casual computer user. So, let's jump right in to this week's Spidcast. Spidcast. We begin with K-Fresh, a.k.a. The Nemesis. Welcome to Spidcast. Yeah, man, no problem. Anytime. K-Fresh, tell us a little bit about some of your current projects. I just released a project called K-Fresh, The Nemesis, which was a street-orientated album. And now I'm actually making an album called Radiogenic, which is going to be directed to the radio genre of music. It's a full CD of radio music because I am an underground artist, but I'm trying to break into the mainstream, and this is my way of doing it by making a total CD of all radio-friendly music. And I can it'll be easier for me to submit because the more commercial my music is, I'll be able to send it to stuff like SpitVid. And I can also get my stuff into movies or any other video productions like we we're just talking about. Let's hope so. And now, tell us a little bit more about K-Fresh. Okay, well, actually, I go by the name Nemesis. And, and K-Fresh is also easier to find. It's like we're talking about the internet right now. Because if I was on the radio and I said Nemesis, they wouldn't be able to find the way I spell it. So K-Fresh is my way of getting people to find me easier. So you can just search K-Fresh on Google. You, should, you can search K-Fresh on YouTube. You can search K-Fresh on MySpace. And my MySpace is actually myspace.com backslash K-Fresh the Rapper. Well, hopefully they'll have the ability to find you easily. Now, K-Fresh, as an independent producer and artist, do you see online video as the new way to gain exposure, to attract new audiences, and to pursue new business opportunities? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll say that for sure, because on the Internet, it's like I'm finding that more people are on the Internet more than actually watching TV. I find myself on the Internet more than watching TV. So it's the best way to actually gain exposure, especially for independent artists, to attract new audiences and get also business opportunities from other Internet businesses and so on, because the Internet is so much used nowadays. Wow, it used to be that clubs were the big breakout spots for the new underground artists. Are you saying that the Internet has now surpassed that? Oh, yeah, for sure. The, the Internet is, is, is like the most inexpensive way to do it, especially for independent artists, because even the major artists are benefit, benefiting off the Internet. And I find it it is more than the clubs now because the DJs can only play so many songs in the clubs, so the Internet is the, is the way to go for sure. So let's uh, follow that logic and talk a bit about collaborative relationships between music artists and video creators. Do you see this as a beneficial way to build each other's brands and overall content quality? Oh, yeah, for sure, because I also believe it's, it's kind of like cross-promotion in a way where the artist can be viewed from the video's audience and the audience, it will be vice versa for the video and the artist. And then both audiences will basically combine together to have like a solid fan base for the artist and also the video production. 
Win-win. You got to love that, right? Mel, let me ask you this. Does the idea of providing songs to video creators for use in their projects in exchange for, uh, say, a percentage of that video's revenues excite music artists as a way to explore new untapped revenue streams? Oh, yeah, for sure. I find it as a, it's like an equal benefit for both the artist and the video. Like, that's very good because the artist and the video production can also benefit and are if especially if the artist is presented with a proposal for a percentage of what the video revenue makes then i'm sure that almost every artist if any artist wouldn't want to do that then i don't i don't think that they would be that serious about their career because it's something that they can benefit from just by a buzz gaining a buzz from the video and also getting a percentage ah which brings us to spitvid.com tell us how you see spitvid.com benefiting the music artist I see many benefits because a lot of artists, it it brings every artist from different genres all into one fan base so like one audience can actually see them there and it's always good to cross promote and network. So I think SpitVid is like going to be something that every artist of every genre can benefit from and actually basically bring everybody a step forward in their career that they want to pursue and do it properly. Great advice, K-Fresh. Thank you for joining us today on Spitcast. No problem, no problem. Up next, the owner of JMS Technical Solutions and one of the coolest tech geeks I know, Jason Seifert, up next. You know how challenging it is to produce quality videos without the help from others who have the skills and talent you need. Well, SpitVid lets you find the individuals you need for your video production project so you can create the Internet's next big viral hit. Visit SpitVid.com, click the sign-up link, and reserve your spot within our collaborative video production community today. SpitCast. Jason, thanks for joining us on SpitCast. Thank you very much, Michael. Tell us a bit about how you became the go-to guy in Orange County for tech issues. Well, I've got about uh, 23, maybe 24 years in the uh, technical industry under my belt at this point. I'm kind of one of those people that was practically born with a keyboard in my hand. I uh, ended up owning one of the very first Apple home computers that you could buy uh, back when they were, you know, $4,000. 1981 and kind of fell in love with it almost immediately, took it apart the second day it was there, which uh, thrilled the heck out of my parents, and uh, kind of have just been a technological addict ever since when I realized that most people didn't kind of understand intuitively the language of computing, I realized there was a definite market and a definite need for people who could succinctly and accurately explain how a computer works to a person who's not technically savvy. So that's kind of the focal point of my uh, business nowadays is acting as sort of a liaison between the non-technical consumer who must use a computer to survive in the modern world and the computer itself that is trying to tell people what it needs and can never really get its point across accurately for most people. Well, I'll tell you, you certainly have filled that void with your knowledge and expertise. And to that end, tell us a little bit about the new Windows 7. My opinion of Windows 7 is I think it is a viable operating system. And by viable, I mean I think it is an operating system that people should not be afraid to run, which was not true of Windows Vista. It was an operating system that I think was nothing more than a cautionary tale in Microsoft's very long and illustrious history. And I think that Windows 7 definitely offers some very 
friendly, very um, exciting new interface options, but I think that the buyer must beware whenever they're upgrading with an operating system because if they assume just because a system is, quote, better, that it's going to be easier without any form of training or introduction into the uh, interface for that new system, most people are going to be sorely disappointed. I think that um, what I am the most disappointed with with Windows 7 is, again, Microsoft has chosen to release just this very strange slew of versions of their program that um, I think really kind of plays against the market itself in a way that I think is kind of piratical. There's a version of Windows for the, quote, home user. There's a version of Windows for the, quote, professional user. And then there's a version of Windows for the, quote, ultimate user, I suppose. And um, the range of cost is, you know, $100 from the cheapest one to the ultimate version. And to me, not releasing a full-featured operating system in just a single succinct package is, I think, a very unfortunate choice that Microsoft made. Well, that being said, let's uh, jump over and talk about some real computers now. I'm reasonably certain that a good portion of our listeners, at least the editors and graphics folks, are on Macs. So talk a little bit about Snow Leopard. Well, I think Snow Leopard is extremely exciting because what Snow Leopard has done is it has brought to the table what Leopard should have had in terms of its back-end features. Snow Leopard is not a exciting new front-end interface, and it's not something that's throwing at you a hundred new front-end features that you're going to appreciate. But what it is, is it's the build for the future, and it's the infrastructural support that, for those of us who are running high-end systems, if you own a Mac Pro, for instance, and you're running more than four gigs of RAM, these changes that have come up with Snow Leopard are really what are going to allow you to take the most advantage of those higher-end resources. So in that regard, I think for a $30 price tag, Snow Leopard is pretty tough to beat. Um, and I think it's a very exciting thing that they, uh, as sort of an apology for you know, 10.5 not having the features that Snow Leopard comes with, they said, okay, we'll give it to you for a nice cheap price. So in that regard, I absolutely, I picked up Snow Leopard the day it came out. I love it. I think that every Mac user who's using a, mid to high end workstation should consider buying it. The price is just right. There's no excuse not to own it. Very good. You know, I trust not only your opinions, but your real working knowledge as well. I guess there is a snow leopard in my future. Jason, let's talk a little bit about your newsletter. Now, I fancy myself an expert computer user, and I always find something not only interesting, but useful in each issue. In fact, recently you reminded me about all the cool things that the simple right mouse click can do. And some of these things I'd forgotten. Tell us a little bit about your newsletter. Well, the newsletter is um, pretty much the way that I intend to keep my users learning at all times and my subscribers learning at all times about the features of their computer. You know, a computer is a very, very powerful tool, and it's not a unitasker. It's really built to do a tremendous number of things. And sometimes those very sort of core functions, those very rudimentary functions, become overlooked and they become really productivity losses because if you're digging through menus every which way and things like that, for instance, with the right click, you really can just kind of speed up your overall production and something that took you an hour and 20 minutes maybe would only take you an hour and five minutes and add it up over the course of a workday, those uh, time savings can be pretty significant. So what the, uh, what the newsletter is, 
is and is going to continue to be in the future is really sort of my encounters in the field with my various customers, the lessons I teach them, the little tidbits and tricks that I show the individual, the really great nuggets of wisdom that I share with the individuals, I'm going to try and propagate out to my newsletter so that everyone can benefit from those things. Very cool. And how does one subscribe to the newsletter? All you have to do is go to my website, and it is a double opt-in system, which means you submit your email address and your name to uh, the form on the front page of my website, and then it will send you an email asking you to confirm that subscription. You uh, merely respond to the email, click the link, confirm it, and uh, you will be on my mailing list until you choose to remove yourself from it, hopefully never, and I will be sending out the newsletter as close to on a weekly basis as possible. And what is that website? The website is www.jmstechnicalsolutions.com, all one word, all lowercase. And now as long as we've gotten onto the subject of websites, let's talk about spidvid.com. What value do you see at spidvid.com for techies? Well, I see spidvid networking the same way that I see almost all other networking, uh, especially in the sense that though spidvid really has a tight focal point where it is, you know, for video editors and uh, high-tech individuals. So in that regard, I think that there's a great deal more value than, say, a Facebook would have where everyone is a member. This is something where it's creating a genuine community. And I think that having other people who are in the know, other people who are using the tools you're using, means that you can always look um, for assistance. You can look for technical tips and resources. And you can also just kind of... um, find people to help you with projects if you need to uh, outsource work and other things like that. So I I think there's a tremendous number of values to uh, the site, and I think that it is uh, something that there's not a uh, video professional that couldn't uh, find a way to benefit from it. And Jason, how can folks get in touch with you directly? The easiest way to get in touch with me is either to uh, call me. My phone number is 714-585-9267. Or contact me via my website. I have an email address that is uh, hot linkable from the website. It's jason at jmstechnicalsolutions.com. Or if you're a member of my newsletter, all my contact info will be at the bottom of that. Very good. And now a trick question for you, a bonus question just off the top of your head. Give us the best, hottest, coolest, neatest tech tip of the week. Best, hottest, coolest tech tip of the week is be very, very cautious if you decide to buy the upgrade from Windows Vista to Windows 7, because having just done one of those installs last night, I can tell you that it is not a seamless process in my experience, and the majority of the applications that you have installed on your system will probably still have to be reinstalled. So uh, tip of the week is... uh, Be very cautious when you believe Microsoft saying that everything is easy. All right, Jason, thanks for joining us on Spidcast. Thank you very much for having me. My thanks to Jason Seifert and Kfresh, the nemesis, for joining us on this week's Spidcast. I'm Michael London. Thank you for listening. You can join the conversation by visiting spidcast.com. We welcome your thoughts, opinions, and feedback, and you can also get access to the full text transcript of this week's Spidcast at spidcast.com. Until next week. Spitcast. <laughs>